What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Well, the NFL draft is in the books. No more mock drafts. No more projections. No more listening to Dan Orlovsky or Mike Greenberg or any of them talk. We've got a special episode for you today. My reaction to some of the draft picks. And... Is it just me or is it just good to see the NFL draft back in like a stage environment? Seeing it in Cleveland, they had bands going in the background. To just see the NFL be back versus seeing it in Roger Goodell's basement a year ago. How far we've come from COVID just breaking out, everybody stuck at home, like I said, literally having everything digital to how much we've adapted and how far we've come just to take that in perspective. Later on in the show, I'm going to be bringing on the coach back on the show, Bobby Cesarano. We're going to be talking about the Dolphins draft, what we thought of it. In addition, right now, I'm going to give you some of my quick takes on the draft. I don't want to cover too much of all the teams because we have a long ways to go before training camp. So there's plenty of teams to give thoughts on the draft. I'm kind of going to give a full summary, not going through all 32 picks. Most of you already know by now all the draft grades are out. I personally don't like giving full draft grades because at this point it's all projection. I know I sound like one of those guys. We're all addicted to draft grades, but all it is is projection. The way I look at it for a team is I look at, did they reach for positions? Do the picks make sense for what that team was trying to do? And what potentially players could be like pro bowlers. In addition, I'm very picky if I give a quote-unquote A draft. I think an A draft should be a draft that propels the team forward, whether it, make, it means the difference between a deep playoff push, it gets the team over the hump into a Super Bowl, or it defines the franchise for years to come. They look back. So that usually narrows it down. Like Think, for example, the Dallas Cowboy draft, the year they took Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott in the same year. How much that propelled them to a 12-4 and division title. Yes, they lost to Green Bay, but they were literally the favorites to win the whole thing in the number one seed. So that was a potentially earth shattering draft. The New York giants, the year they won it when they got Ahmad Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs, I believe OCU Manura was in that draft. One of them and how that propelled them to have a super bowl. Like you just see teams that make these great pushes Tampa, even last year. Yes. Brady was the big signing, but they did also draft Tristan Wirfs, who was the best, one of the best right tackles in football. So you do see these teams make this push with the draft. That's why we're so fascinated by it. And it just gives every fan base hope, hope that something can get better. And that, you know, all 32 teams, it's like Christmas to me. I get more excited. I've said this before. I get more excited about the draft than I do about the Super Bowl, probably because my team's not in it. But all 32 teams, except the Rams, get to sit back and say, hey, we're making picks. All of us have something to talk about. We all are related. And it's just a good, hopeful feeling. It's been on my bucket list to go see a draft. I think next year it's in Vegas. That would be a wild run. I was bummed I didn't go to the one in Nashville. That one also sounds like a riot. That's like on my bucket list to go to a draft. But hopefully in the future that happens. 
So I'm not going to talk too much about the Dolphins right now because, like I said, I'm going to be bringing the coach on it a little bit, and we're gonna—I'll give my full opinions there. But I think overall, the AFC East had a really good draft. Um, there's some picks I think for all four teams you can point to and say, "Eh, the New England Patriots." It's pretty obvious. Mac Jones is going to determine if that draft is good or not. But they did take a lot of players that I liked. I think the AFC East got better. And I know people say, well, no crap, that's part of the draft. But all these teams, in my opinion, had, you know, B minus C plus drafts or better. Like nobody really floundered it. The Patriots, yeah, Mac Jones is hindering on it, but they got the best defensive tackle in the draft of Christian Barmore. They got a thumper up the middle in uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and they got a developmental linebacker in Cameron McGrone. I like those three picks a lot. I know they also took the defensive end, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, who could be a nice player to develop. But those are nice developmental pieces. I think for once, Bill Belichick had a good draft. And yes, the Mac Jones pick, like I've stated before, I think he's a second-round talent that got pushed up by the talent around him at Alabama. But they kind of had to take a quarterback. They were kind of forced into a round peg in a square hole there. Before I get into the other three teams, though, it's really funny, though. I was just thinking of this. Thank you once again to everybody who was tuning into the uh, Facebook Live event on Thursday. Had a lot of fun. We had to cut out a little early because we forgot the bars close at 10 in New York. So we weren't able to see the whole draft on Facebook Live. We were able to watch it at home, but we couldn't obviously. We didn't want to cut it back up then. So thank you to those who tuned into it. There was cookie supreme bets to be had. I lost one to Matt. Jalen Phillips went to the Dolphins, and I said he wouldn't go top 20. But I redeemed myself by winning the Cookie Supreme bet with Paul in that Najee Harris would go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Paul bet that he would go to an AFC East team, which did not materialize. I was right on the money, though, on my Cookie Supreme bet for if for those of you who turned in, tuned in a week ago. The three running backs would go in the top 35, and man, did they pull it close. With the third running back, Javante Williams, going 35th in a trade-up from the Denver Broncos. I pulled that one really close. I didn't think I, I thought I was going to lose that bet. And the reason I'm gloating about it is because I lost all the other Cookie Supreme bets. So for those of you who bet for me, hopefully you bet on the running back one. If you didn't, I'm sorry. If you bet against me, you're welcome because you won a lot of money on the other ones. But Justin Fields, I predicted, would go the, be the fifth quarterback taken. He did not. Now, I did tender that by saying Mac Jones needed to be drafted third. He was not. So in in retrospect, Justin Fields ended up being the fourth quarterback taken, which triggered a domino effect that I projected the New England Patriots would trade up into the top 10. They did not for Justin Fields. They sat back at 15 and took Mac Jones. A team did trade up for Justin Fields, but it was the Chicago Bears, not the New England Patriots. Like I said, I was right on the top three running backs going to the top 35 picks. I was wrong on Jalen Phillips not being a top 20 pick. He went 18th to my Miami Dolphins, another pick that pulled it really close. But there were players that fell out of the first round, though, just not the ones I expected. Aziz Ojolari, who had an issue pop up. Jeremiah Wusukoromoro fell to the second round. Now, I thought he would fall naturally due to his 215-pound weight. But it turns out it's because he had a heart issue that they detected at the uh, medicals at Indianapolis that we didn't know about as a fan base that caused him to drop. But it happens every year. And I thought that would have been Jalen Phillips's turn. Honestly, I thought, but so there was bets to be had all around. So with that out of the way, once again, we'll get back to, uh, I just wanted to take the time to thank everybody for tuning into the Facebook live event. 
So getting back to the AFC East, I'm not going to cover the Dolphins. Like I said, I'm going to have that when I have the coach come on. The Buffalo Bills, I didn't like their first round pick, but they they redeemed themselves later in the draft. They took pass rusher Gregory Rousseau. I did not like Gregory Rousseau. I wanted to stay away from him. He was a one-year wonder. He did not look good in the in the uh, pro day. He was shown up by his teammates, Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Looked like he was rail thin. Looked like he needed to add strength. But I do recognize the upside. I just wouldn't have touched him with a first-round pick. Now, Buffalo's picking at the end of the first, so they can bank on it. But I, he's just too, risk, too risky for me, personally. But the Bills redeemed themselves because they took my man crush of the draft, Boogie Basham, one of my favorite players. Great player, high motor. Buffalo kind of did it smart. I think you could tell they just let the board come to them and they took who they wanted because they took back-to-back defensive ends. One of them's going to pan out, and Boogie, I believe, will be the one to pan out. But if Russo does, you're going to have you know a top 15 defensive end in the NFL, a top 15 pass rusher. So it's worth the risk, and it's kind of nice that you pair him with a high-floor prospect like Boogie Basham. Sean McDermott, Bills fans, you guys are going to love this pick. I'll talk more in depth with it with Paul later on in the week, in the month and stuff, but... Bills fans, pat yourselves in the back. Boogie Basham is a great player. I love him, and you guys are going to love him too. Spencer Brown was an outstanding pick, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. I was hoping my Dolphins would potentially get him in the third round, but great pickup for Buffalo. Marquez Stevenson I'm looking at was nice. DeMar Hamlin, even though DeMar Hamlin had a really crappy pro day, he ran like he had a cinder brock on his back or like he ate 10 pounds of Wendy's, but his tape is good. He is a great run-stuffing safety. I think something Buffalo needs, they need to be able to stop the run. And this player will definitely help them with that, as well as Boogie Basham will as well, because he's great at setting the edge. Once again, I can't say enough good things about Boogie. But I like the Buffalo Bills draft. Like I said, I didn't care for their first-round pick, but I think their day two, they killed it. Day two, they made it more than made up for it. And lastly, the Jets, I, it pains me to say this because, man, I hate the Jets so much. <laughs> Their fan base is so obnoxious, including my friend Matt. And he knows I say that to him all the time. But I didn't like the Zach Wilson pick. I would have taken Trey Lance who ended up going to the 49ers. But they had a really good draft. They took Elijah Vera Tucker, who was the best interior lineman in the draft. I think they paid a little bit too much to get up and get him, costing two three third-round picks with the Vikings. But still a great player that helps solidify their offensive line on the left side anyway next to Mecky Becton that's going to be a brick wall on the left side to help Zach Wilson who is a quarterback that naturally struggles with pressure Elijah Moore I think was a steal in the second round a lot of people were projecting him in the late first they thought a team like Green Bay or Baltimore or New Orleans would scoop him up great pick for the New York Jets and then they took one of my favorite running backs my running back for my big board, Michael Carter. Yes, I had to specify saying running back Michael Carter because they took two Michael Carters, Michael Carter from North Carolina and Michael Corner, the corner from Duke. I think Carter is an underrated player. I think he, I think he's kind of a souped up Miles Gaskin for people who do know what the Dolphins backfield looks like. He's kind of a souped up Miles Gaskin. He was the lightning to uh, Javante Williams' thunder. I think Jet fans are where they got him to in the fourth round. That's great value. I like the Jets draft. They got, like I said, they helped solidify the left side of their line. Elijah Moore is going to pair very nicely with returning receiver Denzel Mims. They got their young quarterback, Zach Wilson, and they got a nice running back in Michael Carter. They took other players as well, but those are the ones that stood out to me. So overall, the AFC East, like I said, 
did pretty damn good. I like the draft for the for the AFC East. Is it enough to overthrow the Bills? I would say no. Unless Mac Jones kicks the door down Justin Herbert style. If Mac Jones is Justin Herbert's re- replicates Justin Herbert's rookie year, then yes, the Patriots could contend. But I don't see it. I still think the Patriots, they might have gained ground on the Dolphins, but I think they kind of all solidified themselves. I think the Patriots did get better, but I think they might have closed the gap on Miami a little, but I th- I still would favor Miami over them, and I still give the Bills the credit to win the AFC East. I think they're still the favorites. So with that being said, but yeah, it was just a good draft. Um, one more thing before I bring Bobby on, I'm going to cover the teams that I really want to give a shout-out to, just in case I don't get to them later in the months and stuff. I want to cover three teams that I think quote-unquote, won the draft. If I were to give a quote-unquote A grade, I think these three teams did really well, and I want to explain myself. First off is the Carolina Panthers. Yes, I know they passed on Justin Fields, who fell into their lap. Yes, I know Sam Darnold trading for him might be a big mistake, but judging by solely the draft, I think they killed it. Panay Suel went off the board ahead of them, one pick to the Lions, so they ended up taking, in most people's eyes, the best corner in the draft, if not the best the one with the highest upside in J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. They took Terrace Marshall Jr. in the second round out of LSU. Brady Christensen from BYU in the uh, third round. They also took Tommy Tremble, tight end from Notre Dame, and they took Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, the running back from Oklahoma State. Later on in the draft, I'm not going to cover all their picks, but they took the guard Deontay Brown, and they took South Carolina wide receiver Shee Smith. Those are picks that stand out to me. I'm looking at this draft for Carolina, and yeah, the quarterback concern. I mean, it, the quarterback is a concern, but I'm seeing potential pro bowlers here, and that's why I'm giving him an A. J.C. Horn, I can see being a shutdown corner. I think he's going to take a year or two to develop because most corners do struggle early on, but he has the physical traits. His dad was Joe Horn, pro bowl wide receiver in the league, but he can be a potential lockdown corner at the next level. I definitely see it. I think he could be the best corner in this draft. Fairly, people would argue, too, but I think his injuries are going to hold him back. J.C. Horn would be my guess to be the number one corner in this draft. I think Terrence Marshall Jr., another high potential receiver, 6'3", 220. He's like your prototypical size receiver. I think he was my right receiver, 6 on my big board. But he has inconsistencies catching the football, and he can be a little bit. He lets the ball come to him instead of attacking the football, but he puts it together. He could be a stud. Think of like D.K. Metcalf. He could be the D.K. Metcalf of this draft. Brady Christensen's a nice lineman. They desperately need a left tackle. The right tackle with modem is pretty solid, but their left side of the line is kind of doo-doo. So the slide him in at the left side would help a lot. Tommy Tremble is your typical Notre Dame tight end. You know, good all-around tight end. I love the pick of Chuba Hubbard, Oklahoma State running back. I think he could be a stud. He could be the steal of the draft. Everybody who knows Chuba knows. I think it was his junior year he popped off for like 2,000 yards rushing or something like that. He did struggle last year. I think that's consistencies with because he did get ran over 300 times or had 300 carries in one season. So one has to wonder if that was them losing tread on the tires. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the offensive scheme didn't help him. His offensive line was trash last year, so there wasn't any holes for him to run through. So he had a struggling senior year, which caused him to drop. He only ran for, I think, like 600 yards. It was over. That might have been 680 or something like that his uh, last year, but the talent's there, and to get him late in the draft is still a steal. Like, if he came out his junior year, he would have been a second or even late first-round pick. Deontay Brown is a guard who has the size. He is a mammoth of a man. He literally looks like an elephant out there. 
for the Crimson Tide. He has questions about speed and its ability to pull and get to the next level. He needs to lose about 10, 15 pounds, I think, similar to what people are saying about Salomon Kinley, the guard from Georgia that Miami took a year ago. But the talent, the potential's there. And to get him late in the draft, he's worth the risk. Even if he never materializes, the build is there to be a solid guard in the NFL. The question is, can he lose the weight and can he increase that athleticism a little bit to get to the next level? She Smith's a great flyer later in the draft, an underrated ride receiver. This was a loaded receiver draft, so I lo- love that Carolina came away with two receiving prospects. And Carolina, you actually took offensive players in this draft. Last year, you took all defense, and I thought it was going to be more the same when the first pick you take is a corner. But it's good to see you guys. Carolina, you killed it. I think you had a good draft. To me, that's an A draft. Next team I'm going to talk about, like I said, we're going to cover them really quick, is the Denver Broncos. And this one pains me. The one kryptonite on this team is similar to Carolina in that they may regret the day of passing on Justin Fields at pick nine, who fell right into their lap. But their first three picks, I think, are Pro Bowl players, even maybe fourth picks, if you count, if you count the fourth uh, the linebacker. I think their first three picks are going to be pro bowlers. That's why I give this draft an A. Their first pick, they took Patrick Sertan, corner out of Alabama. They then uh, traded up to 35, one pick in front of my Dolphins to steal the hearts of Dolphin fans everywhere and take Javante Williams running back out of North Carolina. They then in the third round proceeded to kick Dolphin fans further in the nuts. I think they just literally took our board. They took two of my man crushes, folks. They took guard Quinn Miners from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater in round three. And that's a sigh of disappointment in myself. And then they proceeded to take uh, Ohio State linebacker Baron Browning. They also had safety Jamar Johnson, Auburn wide receiver Seth Williams, Ohio State defensive end Jonathan Cooper. I loved the, up the first three to four rounds of the Denver Bronco draft. Like I said, I see Patrick Sertan as a Pro Bowl talent. Javante Williams was the highest upside. He was my running back two on my big board, but I acknowledge that he probably has the highest upside of this draft at only 20 years old and only like 380 carries in his collegiate career. Javante might be the best running back in this class when it's all said and dead, uh, said and done folks. And then they take the high upside guard and Quinn Miners, who could play guard or center wherever they want him to show up the inside of their line. Mike Munchak is going to wet his lips on the offensive coordinator position because he's known for developing offensive linemen to get his hands on this kid. He's going to take a year or two. I don't think he'll be a pro bowler year one, but given like because of uh, the D3 schools that he came from and the, he's raw, he's going to need coaching up. But I think year three or four, you're going to see this kid emerge as a pro bowler, whether that be a guard or center. I think he can do both. Like I said, I think Javante Williams is going to hit the ground running. I think he's going to be a pro bowler. I think he's going to be a top 10 running back in this league. And I think Miami's going to be kicking themselves if they let him go. And Alabama corner Patrick Sertan, while I don't think he has the high, quite the upside of a Nick Farley or a um, J.C. Horn, I think he is the safest of the three. I think he has the highest floor of the three. His dad, of course, being Patrick Sertan, Hall of Fame Dolphins corner or Pro Bowl Dolphins corner. I think... I think the uh, I think it was a great draft for Denver. Their one weakness would be should they have taken Justin Fields at nine instead of Patrick Sertan. But I can't blame them. And Baron Browning, I love at linebacker. He was one of the players I was keeping my eye on for my Dolphins. Once again, it's like their first four picks were Dolphin picks. So I can't bash their draft. I think they've got three or four Pro Bowlers. The only knock is if they miss on the quarterback position. But they were already committed to Drew Locke. So as a Denver fan, they were committed going into Drew Locke you got to accept that. So I think they did a good job of building their team out, though. 
and Seth Williams is a steal later on the speedster receiver from Auburn. Last team I'm going to cover is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I know people are going to say no shit, Jeff, because of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has a big part to do with it because I think he's going to change life in Jacksonville. He's probably their, instantly their most like exciting quarterback since David Garrard. But you got to hope he's more, uh, you know, you got to hope he's the face of the franchise and not a reclone of Blaine Gabbert, who also had the long flowing blonde hair when he was drafted. I don't think he will be. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a star in this league. Obviously, quarterback one, he's been a first overall pick since his freshman year talked or being talked about. They then took Travis Etienne. I know they rumored to want Kadarius Tony, which would have made my mock draft happy. For those of you who don't know, I lost the mock draft competition by one point to Paul. That could have made the difference to me winning it, but Paul also had some picks he changed up and shot himself in the foot, which gave me a chance to win it. So it swings both ways. And I still got some, uh, I still want a cookie Supreme bet with them. So there's that. I'm not a sore loser at all, I swear. But Travis Etienne went 25th. I think Etienne is the home run threat that Jaguars have. It's a little bit of a head scratcher given that they took Robinson last year as an undrafted free agent, and he lit it up. He lit it up. He's one of the most predict, uh, not named Jonathan Taylor. He might be, he was the other, uh, he was probably the best running back last year of the rookie class. So it's a little head scratching that they've double dipped, especially with a first round pick. But I can't question the talent of Travis Etienne. He's going to pair nicely. They're going to have a one two punch to pair with their young rookie quarterback. They also took Tyson Campbell, the corner from Georgia, who I like a lot more than Stokes, who Green Bay took. So I think they took the better corner from Georgia. Walker Little projects nicely on the inside at guard. They took the high upside safety in Andre Cisco, high risk, high reward. And like I just like their picks. I like Jay Tufel, defensive tackle from USC. I think he's another high upside prospect. Like They took a lot of good players, Jacksonville did. Trevor Lawrence obviously has the chance if this pick hits, even if the other picks bust, people are going to say if he ends up being what everybody thinks, if you have a top 10 quarterback, the draft's going to be seen as an aid, even if the other players suck. But it's because I see good things for Travis Etienne. I see good things from Cisco. I see good things from Campbell. Like the potential's there for the class in addition to the best quarterback prospect many have been talking about in four years. So do I have him as the best? I had him as the best in this class, but not in the last four years. I've come off of that that podium paul helped talk me off of that one but i still think he was a quarterback one in this draft though and i still think he has potential to be a top 10 quarterback in this league so those are my three so once again jacksonville denver and carolina i think had a drafts i like the afc east draft i don't think any of them had an a draft quote unquote now new england certainly can if mac jones ends up being the next tom brady but for right now as it is i don't think any of the four teams did but they all had solid b or B, B plus, B minus, like that range of drafts, all four teams. So with that being said, thanks again to everyone for listening. I'm going to bring the coach in, uh, Bobby Cesarano, and we're going to talk some Dolphins. So when we come back from the break, you're gonna we're going to bring him in and we're going to talk some Dolphins football. And I'm joined once again for his second uh, tour. I almost said tour like you're a rock star. Well, you might as well be. I'm joined once again by an avid Dolphin fan himself, the coach Bobby Cesarano. How you doing, Bobby? Good. How are you doing? Um, okay. Uh, I know we were texting all weekend and I wanted to get your thoughts to where I haven't, I think I just talked to you about this. I haven't talked to another Dolphins fan about this since draft night, basically. I know you and I have been texting back and forth, but I didn't want to influence your opinion whatsoever on the Dolphins draft. So we already covered the offseason and what the Dolphins did, so we don't need to go down that memory lane in a previous episode. But 
Before I let you off the loose of what you thought of the draft, uh, the NFL draft, I'm going to recap quickly what the picks were because there was, I believe, seven of them. So they started a pick three. They did a three-way team trade to move back to six to pick up an additional first-round pick in 2023 and an additional third-round pick next year. With that pick, they took wide receiver Jalen Waddell from Alabama in pick 18. Their second first-round pick, they took defensive end Jalen Phillips out of the University of Miami. In the second round, at pick 36, they took Javon Holland, safety out of Oregon. At pick 50, they traded up from pick 50 with the New York Giants to select offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. In the third round, they selected tight end Hunter Long out of Boston College. The fifth round, they traded with the Pittsburgh Steelers to move out of the fifth round entirely, and they picked up an additional fourth-round pick next year. They took Larnell Coleman in the seventh round to tackle from UMass, and then they took with their very last pick, running back Jared Dokes from Cincinnati. So, one, how was your draft weekend, by the way? And number two, as an overall summary, like I said, we can get into it, what picks you like, what you didn't. As an overall summary, what did you think of the Dolphins draft? Uh, draft was all right. Um, got to see some – I don't know. It was interesting to see everyone's uh, moves and uh, picks. Um, it was, Zach Wilson's mom's pretty good looking. <laughs> did you see the meme with uh, him with the – what's it called? The, it was the blind side of, like, what Zach Wilson looked like next to Mackie Becton. <laughs> no, it was I the didn't. blind side with Michael Orr next to his little brother. No, I did not. <laughs> it was priceless. But – yeah, that was interesting. So good, good for the Jets. <laughs> Gonna be a lot of jokes on the field for that one. That oh my god, suck. right? That's got to suck for him. <laughs> no, and then you got the Patriots taking Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, that one wasn't surprising. I figured he'd <laughs> fall there. Yeah, but, it was. Um, we made a lot of cook. It was. It was good to see the draft back. Like I know they had it in Cleveland. I was saying that earlier in the podcast. Like I was. Uh, I'm happy it wasn't in Roger Goodell's basement this year. Yeah. It was nice to see the picks return, you know, people announcing, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I hated Roger Goodell's chair and all that stupid crap. Oh, my God. Well, it was like Morpheus from the Matrix or something, like the big brown leather chair he was sitting there. Just give me the pick. Let me hear who's next. I don't need a whole dog and pony show. Oh, my God. Wasn't there, like, picks where they were announcing, like, this is for the awareness of human. I understand, like, it's all cherry and stuff, but, like, holy moly, like, I, it was like a minute and a half of speaking for some of these yeah. picks. They just make it really long. It's it's, just you're just reading necessary. names off a card. <laughs> right. Just tell me the next person. It's up. It's not hard. I feel really bad for the Dolphins fan of the year because uh, he was supposed to announce the fifth round pick. And he was up on the stage ready to go after sitting in the green room for like an hour because they just pulled these fans up to do the picks. Mm-hmm. And he had a fly in because he's from Miami. And he went up to the podium, and Miami traded the pick. So I had to go back into the green room for another hour because Miami didn't pick again until the seventh round. Sounds about right. But he got to make the running back pick. So for him, he got the, you know. Oh, sweet. Got our seventh round running back. (laughs) Great. And I'm probably butchering his last name, and I might be. And if he's, if anybody knows what his actual, I say it's Dokes, D-O-A-K-S. I think that's how you pronounce it. But if not, I'm sorry, but I don't know if it'll matter. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think it'll matter. I doubt he's going to stay on the team, or he's even going to be on the team in the next two years. 
Yeah, I think th- doesn't that feel like and I'm not and this isn't trying to hint what I thought of the draft because there are things I like. I'm not getting all negative Nancy on it, but doesn't it seem like a troll by Chris Greer, like a big middle finger to Dolphin fans who are complaining about no running backs? Um, but it's like very last pick in the seventh round. <laughs> I well, I heard his uh, ex- I heard his explanation for why they waited for a pick. They thought. Th- they felt they felt comfortable with uh, Malcolm Brown and Miles uh, Gaskin. Yeah, Gaskin. So I don't know why you would feel that way because they're not that type of running back. But nope. whatever. <laughs> well, we can get into the running back position in a bit, but yeah. So overall, as a summary, what did you think of the Dolphins draft? Like considering all the picks, um, I thought it was. Just, I don't know. I thought it was like a C. <laughs> geez you're more negative than me i thought i was bad i think i gave it a b and i was getting roasted by people they were like ah this is an a minus draft i'm like oh my (laughs) then they don't know what football is (laughs) again i'm only a jv football coach but you're still more qualified i know people talking i I know a fact when slaps me in the face And you still know more than most of these armchair GMs who never even picked up a football. So they're going by. And I've said, I said this on Twitter, Bobby, and I think you and I said, you could still be a fan of your team and criticize their picks. You don't have to golf clap and say every move they make is perfect. You could oh. still be a fan and criticize their picks. And that's what we're doing. Neither one of us are turning in our Dolphins fan card. It's just we're allowed to be openly critical when we don't like a pick. Yeah. I mean, I just some things I just don't get. So... So the picks, we can start with the positives before you go negatives. I'm like you, I have a little bit more longer of a list. I think both my friends silenced me on my phone because I was getting into it. (laughs) They were telling me it was a great draft and stuff. And I don't think it was bad by any means, like awful. But what draft picks did you like that they made? Because I know it's a pretty much a shorter list, at least for me as well. Um. I got the Jalen Waddle pick is good because they needed to get a playmaker, so I'm fine with that. Yep. Um, so that one was fine. I'm fine with that one. I know this the Jalen Phillips is supposed to be decent. He's a tall DN. I get the whole pass rush situation there. Yep. So I'm okay with it. I just don't feel like it was a first round worthy pick. Mm-hmm. I think you could have got someone like that, very similar skill type in the second, which there were two outside linebacker well there's linebackers available at that point anyways the kid from and buffalo took one notre of them <laughs> the kid from notre dame and then the outside linebacker from georgia who's a very good pass rusher mm-hmm. he was Giants. also available yep which you could have gotten the second mm-hmm. so i don't see why that was a good choice or i feel like the, i don't know maybe i don't know if it was a reach but you definitely had two very decent players there in the second round that you could have waited on um, I know we needed a safety, but I don't really know much about that safety. Javon Holland was a good pick. So I remember last time we were talking, you were mentioning that. And he is a good safety. The only reason he wasn't safety number one, he was safety number two on my board personally and on a lot of people's board because he sat out 2020 due to COVID. But before then, he was a really good safety for Oregon. I think he had like nine interceptions in two seasons or something like that. So he's more like a free safety. Mm-hmm. So he's that ball hawking safety, and I think we desperately need that on our team. But the only problem I have is we do need safety depth, but I don't know if he starts year one with if we keep Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain. Yeah. Like, they'll develop him or they'll put him in the nickel. 
but we also got what's his name there right now currently. They might, but I mean, I've also seen those safeties get burnt over the top before by like uh, Bills slot receivers. So mm-hmm. who knows if they're going to be that good? McKenzie feasted in that game. Yes. Yep. I think that it was an upgrade, like you said, worth it. I think you and I agree. Like the pick afterward, I didn't have a problem with the second round really of like Eichenberg. I didn't have a problem with that pick. No, I'm fine with that. He looks like a good. I mean, he looks like he could be a really good um offensive lineman. I think that'll be fine there. I don't think that's really a big issue. Plus, Notre Dame t- linemen usually are pretty good. Even the bad quote-unquote ones are pretty solid. They're good pros. They design them well. They run block, pass block. What yeah. I like about Eichenberg is you upgrade two positions because assumedly he's going to go right tackle, and that kicks Robert Hunt inside, who's a shitload better than uh, Flowers. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, you kind of upgrade two positions at once. Right. Because I think Eichenberg's better than Hunt on the right side, at least assuming Eichenberg's going to play right tackle, which I believe they're slotting him for right now. I think he's better than Hunt as a tackle anyway. Yeah, see how it goes with that. Um, the third round pick with <laughs> – I'll get into this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hunter Long. You're our tight end guy because you're the one who tells me, so I'm leaving this one. The floor is yours. I was hoping you get into this one because I could talk all day about the first two picks, but Long is all you, man. You get the tight end. This one – annoys me because you had the third overall pick mm-hmm. and if you're looking to get a tight end which mm-hmm. they were and he's yep. supposed to be the second best why not stay in that number three overall pick go get Pitts, and then you have a wide receiver slash tight end mm-hmm. and you have like a dual option at slot receiver which waddle is and I'm going back to tight end which you know he can play tight end because he's 6'6", 6'5", mm-hmm. whatever, and he's about 250. So that one really annoys me. So I'm annoyed about the first pick with that whole situation. If you want yeah, to no, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I think if you were going to stay – if you were – if tight end was a need and you guys identified it, then you should have taken Kyle Pitts, who was the generational tight end prospect. Even if Kyle Pitts doesn't live up to his hype, he still is a prospect graded by many to be the best tight end prospect in the last five or six years. And I would agree with it. I think he's the best we've seen in five or six years, even if he doesn't live up to it. Right. Like so, just stay at three and take him. I mean, well, I mean, you can make that whole conversation about Waddle too. Waddle might not be a good receiver. Yep. He might be the worst option out of receiver in that whole group. So he was never, definitely the you biggest. You never know a first pick round picks. Yeah. You definitely know. Cause he, I like the Waddle pick as well. I was with, like you, Smitty was my number one. Devontae Smith was number one on my receiver board, but Waddle was my number two because I wanted that chemistry with Tua. And I do get the Waddle pick because he is a natural separator and he has, you can put him in the slot, you can put him outside. I think he, he besides Pitts, is the biggest mismatch in terms of as soon as he lines up on the field, teams are going to be scared of him. But like you said, we've seen speedy receivers fail before. And his game, because he's never – He's had potential. He started off this past year really good, but he's never had the seasons that, like, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase had. Right. I think Jamar Chase and um, Devontae Smith are safer picks. They might not have the upside of Waddle, but they definitely have a higher floor. Neither one of those two receivers are going to bust. Well, that's my other thing, too, though, with Jamar Chase. Like, if they were high up on your board, why even move? Stay in that spot and you could have had Jamar Chase. You could have had Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Nope. 
And they say they claim that Waddle was their number one. But once again, I always say this. I think every GM says that. No GM's going to come up and say, hey, guys, we really messed up. Yeah, they're not going to be like, oh, hey, two was a mistake. We should have really drafted Herbert. I mean, they're not going to do that. But I agree with you. I think I understand if they wanted one of the Bama receivers over Chase. The one that makes no sense to me is they can't tell me otherwise is that they didn't have Kyle Pitts over Jalen Waddle. I refuse to believe that. If they're going to tell me that, which they claim they do, I'm. I think they're lying. <laughs> well, clearly they're lying because the third that third round pick they drafted a t- the second best tight end. Well, the pick that annoys me too in the second round. Like I said, I had no problem with Eichenberg, but my problem is this: at 36, they took a safety, which wasn't a clear need, but he's a good player. But you had a better tackle available in Tevin Jenkins, who is the best right tackle prospect in the draft. Not Panay Suel. Panay Suel is the best left tackle. Who's the best right tackle? But for our left-handed quarterback, he would be the blind side. Why not just take Tevin Jenkins and trade up for the safety? Because you could have with pick 50. He would have been there. So it's one of those they kind of were trying to get cute. It's like they get cute, but they panic when it comes to linemen. Right. But – no, I agree with you. I think the picks I like, the reason I say this is even if I disagree with their picks, I think all are going to be good players. I think Jalen Waddle could be a good receiver. Phillips, if he stays healthy, could be the best defensive end prospect in this draft. I agree with you overall, though. I was not a fan of this defensive end group as a whole, not just Phillips. I thought they were a second-round grade in terms of in general. Phillips, if he didn't have the injury history, would be higher. But what people don't get, and you probably see this all the time as a coach, he has concussion issues. Concussion issues don't go away. No. This isn't recovering from a broken leg. This isn't recovering from a pulled hamstring or a torn ACL. This is concussions, and he had three in one month. Yeah. And he was forced to medically retire from football. People say, well, we questioned it because he walked away. I'm like, no, he didn't walk away. UCLA told him, you cannot play for us anymore. Yeah. So he transferred to Miami, sat out a year, and then he played and had a great year. So he, I don't question the physical talent of him as a defensive end. I don't question that, but it is a risky pick at pick 18 to take a guy who might not see the field. Yeah. And if he's what gets a concussion with the NFL as crazy as they are about it lately, that, you know, I agree. It's a huge need defensive end. Like I said, I like all their picks because Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, Liam Eikenberg, even Hunter along the tight end. I think they all will be players on our team. I don't think any of them are really bust besides Phillips because of the injury potentially, but these are all good players, so I don't blame Chris Greer for taking those players. It's just what concerns me is coming away with this draft, it's clear that he does not value running back and he does not value centers. Wow. And Because he had a really good center staring him in the face in round three, and I understand we got Scorer from Baltimore, but he was the better prospect. Quinn Miners was staring you right in the face of pick 81, and you said, eh. And then running back position, I, I understand not spending the 18th pick on a running back. I would have, but I don't blame them for saying, eh, because it might be too rich. But what bothers me is pick 36, once again, you let a team for the second year in a row swipe you, which was the Denver Broncos trade up to pick 36, or 35, one pick in front of you and take Javante Williams. So when people are saying, well, we should have taken a running back with Eichenberg's back, I'm like, no, no, no. Once the first three running backs are off the board, I'm like, no, punt it. I'm like, no, because I think those three, like you were talking about, I don't see the other running backs as an upgrade over Miles Gaskin, the other ones in the draft anyway. None of them were. So to me, it was Najee Harris, ETN from Clemson, or Javante Williams. And if you couldn't get one of those three, you might as well punt it. And that's what it seems like Miami did. 
And it bothers me because sometimes I wish I wouldn't know these type of things. Like you said, it bothers me that I don't blind the picks. I think Jalen Waddle fits to a great, but what bothers me is they took Jalen Phillips at 18, which is fine. Once again, they, 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 they designated defensive end as a need, but then the rumor was reported by uh, Lock and Fora. And I think it wasn't just Lock and Fora. Benjamin Albright of Denver said this as well, that Miami was trying to trade up into the first round again to get Najee and they just didn't want to pay the price. And that pisses me off because that tells me you guys did want, <laughs> you did want a running back, but you were cheap. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, I don't think, I don't even think they're cheap. I think they're stupid because <laughs> you could have had him at 18 and you probably would have yeah. had Jalen Phillips maybe in the second, to be honest with you. I just didn't see the drop off from Jalen Phillips to Boogie Basham, who went to Buffalo, by the way, good pick for the bills. It pains me to say this, but it's true. I'll, I'll acknowledge when other teams make good picks. That was a good pick for Buffalo to take Boogie Basham in the second round. Yeah. Like they waited, you know what I mean? The same thing with the Giants. They took a Cizo Jolari, who was the number two rated defensive end in the draft, and they took him in the second round. Right. And who was it? If you wanted, and like I said, that kid from Georgia who I can't say that name of, I mean, I, I butchered, I literally had to practice for like a day straight to get it right. A Cizo Jolari. <laughs> yeah. He would have been fine for coming off the edge too. So, yeah, it, and the Notre, Notre Dame inside linebacker, I would have been fine taking him in there. Yeah, he was ranked really high. They just had a question on his uh, what's it called? On his, uh, I think he had a medical thing pop up. That's why he fell. But he went in the second round. Still, I forgot who took him. Oh, Cleveland did. Cleveland yeah, did. Jeremiah Wusakoromaro. Yep. So I mean, he would have been a good option too. You could have had him or the outside linebacker, and then you could have moved them around at linebacker. <clears throat> I don't oh. mind the. Like I said, is the safety pick Javon Holland a bad pick? No, because he could no. be a really good player. But I'm upset with that pick. No, it's the fact of where they're prioritizing their needs, though, is the issue. And for everybody, because I got into this with all the people on Twitter I was arguing with, it doesn't mean I always say take a running back in the first round no matter what. I'm just a matter of take good players where they are. And this draft had three down. You desperately needed a three down running back. And this draft, like you said, set up perfectly for you to get one of them. And you punted. Yeah. And Miles Gaskin is not a number one running back. And that's what people keep arguing with me. Of, oh, he ran for 700 yards from I don't scrimmage. And I'm like, but he missed seven games. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He can't, He's not durable enough. You, no. This is what people don't understand. Same thing with Lamar Miller. That's why I was so glad they let him go. Yeah. If you give a guy 16 games and you make him run the ball every time, he's probably going to grind out a thousand yard season. If yep. he's your only option, that's what's going to happen. Doesn't mean he's good. <laughs> no, and I don't think teams fear him. That's what I'm saying of, like, we're going to run an RPO-based offense with Tua. Teams got to fear the run a little bit. No offense. I, and when I see this, I I think also his stats are inflated because he had a really good game against New England where he ran for, like, 150 yards or something. So when people say yeah. average all these carries, I'm like, no, he really – his stats are a little inflated by the New England game. They've kind of pushed his numbers up a bit. Like, no team really fears Miles Gaskin. I'm a Dolphins fan. I'll be the one to admit it. Like, I just – and I just get so frustrated with this, Bobby, when people say – well, running backs aren't valued. And I'm like, true, yes and no. Yes, fantasy football will tell you that people go running backs by committee now. 
But given the rookie salary cap now, yes, teams don't spend money on running backs anymore, but teams still invest high picks in running backs. I think running backs are worth more than – I mean, running backs are undervalued because their shelf life is so low and uh, teams can abuse and abuse them on the salary cap and on their rookie salary. So I get that aspect of it. Like financially, they're very um, – what do I say? Interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But, like, they are valuable. Like, so, for example, for example, let's talk about um, Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. The only reason he's so successful right now is because he has a 1,500 to 2,000-yard rusher behind him mm-hmm. that can take the pressure off of him, and he can play action pass down the field. Now he looks good. Didn't have that before in Miami. Well, the one, the one who's a featured player, and he's not that type of quarterback. He has to have play action pass, and he has to have a guy behind him that can get pressure off of him. Correct. And um, the only successful year Tannehill had, we had J.H.I. running back. Correct. And Tannehill couldn't even finish that year. Freaking nope. Matt Moore finished it. Yep. So. No, I think you're right. I think it's the running. You hit a very good point. The Giants with Eli Manning when they had a running game was very dominant. There's players that need – If I use this when I analyze, like everybody ran at me. I consider investing a – I'm not saying you have to invest the first-round pick, but teams that – any team that paid a running back over $10 million or a team that spent a top 64 pick, I consider investing, right, which is a first two-round pick, first or second round. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bobby, won the Super Bowl last year. They spent a second-round pick a year ago on Ronald Jones at running back, and they signed Leonard Fournette. Right, And they won the Super Bowl. The next team, the Kansas City Chiefs, who were in the Super Bowl but lost, and people say, ah, they don't run the ball ever. They invested a first-round pick last year, pick 32, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of LSU, and they signed Le'Veon Bell to a one-year deal. Yeah, he was washed up, but they didn't know that at the time. They did a one-year push with him. They right. invested. You know, And you can keep going on and on. The Cleveland Browns have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on their backfield. The Green Bay Packers signed Aaron Jones to a big money deal. And before people say, oh, well, Aaron Jones is a fourth-round pick. Yeah, but they spent a second-round pick last year on A.J. Dillon. Right. The Jacksonville Jaguars hit it out of the park. Fantasy owners know this with Robinson. And they still took a running back in the first round with Travis Etienne. <laughs> right. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And these are all playoff teams. Yep. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, only bad teams do this. It's just, like you said, it's still an important position. It's devalued, like you said, by committee, but it's still essential. You know what, my, and you already know the answer to this, but for people listening, you know what Miami has invested in the running back position in the last three years since Brian Flores came out to this team? Two seventh-round picks. Right. That's it. We haven't had a good running back since Ricky Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Ronnie Brown days. You could argue Ronnie, argue Brown, Ronnie Brown, but he was short-lived. Yep, but you're right. That was the last. It's in our DNA when people say, well, Dolphins are. This ain't like Green Bay with, you know, never investing wide receivers. This is just a Brian Flores regime thing because at one point we did have Lamar Miller and Jay Ajayi on the same team. We did have Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown. And we won, we won the Super Bowl. We had Larry Zonka back in the day. We had Mercury Morris at running back. Like, it's in Miami Dolphin history to have running backs. It's not just the history is Dolphins don't believe in it. Right. This is a Brian Flores regime, and I get so frustrated when people say the Patriot way. When are we going to finally start saying the Patriot way is Tom Brady? I think he has that mindset. It's like the Patriots, because, I mean, that was Bill Belichick. He was constantly just interchanging running backs all day, every day. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, I get that. It's just – and, yeah, if you have a good offensive line, you could open holes up for anybody. And they had an elite offensive line, which we don't right. have. Yeah, We don't have that. But when you have a good running back, you can hide some of those holes. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a good running back, you can hide an average lineman. Like, and that can – because he'll make the hole open up. And that's something I've learned through coaching is when you have average players in certain positions, you make them look good. Like, it just is what it is. So, you know, if you have an average line and you have it on an amazing backfield, they'll make that average line look really, really good. So. No, I think you're right 100%. It's like, uh, Jesus, I'm brain farting now. Fantasy owners know. Who was the running back for the Cowboys? Not Zeke Elliott, the one before. He basically was propped up by that Dallas Cowboy offensive line. Oh, dear Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. God, he ran for like 1,600 yards or something, and then they let him go because they knew it was not him. Thank you. Yeah, DeMarco Murray. Like, that was a product of the Dallas Cowboy offensive line. We all know that. Because he went to the Eagles and he didn't do anything. Yeah, but it it didn't stop them from still spending a top five pick on Zeke. And, yeah, Zeke washed up now, but they still made – he still helped develop Dak Prescott immensely his first two years. Nobody could stop Zeke his first two years. I mean, you could also look at Le'Veon Bell after he left uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they had a great offensive line, too, with Mike Pouncey and them. He was a patient runner. He could take time to get through the hole because they could open it up. And then he was off to the races. But then when that offensive line was falling apart and you don't have a really great running back because now you have James Conner, he's very (laughs) average. So, No, I agree with you. It's a little bit of both. Drafted, uh, not uh, Harris, and Harris is a sludgehammer. So, yeah, the, we're, like it or not, for Dolphin fans, they're going to keep a close eye on Najee Harris, and if he has a Pro Bowl season, it's going to look bad on Chris Greer, regardless of how good Jalen Phillips is or not. It's going to look bad because it's nice to take an. And I'm not saying a defensive end isn't as valuable as a running back, not by a long shot. It's if this defensive end wins Defensive Rookie of the Year has like an eight sack season, then yes, absolutely. I'll tell you what. If Phillips is equivalent to Jason Taylor, then I will be all for it. But until I see it, I don't believe it. <laughs> and to be fair, people criticize all the Dolphin fans last year. And I think you and I fall into the same boat. I think all Dolphin fans do it. It doesn't mean we want to spend a first-round pick on running backs, folks. But you just heard we just spent only a seventh-round pick on We just want some semblance of one. Sign one. Sign Aaron Jones. Trade for uh, Kareem Hunt. Do something at the running back position. I just want an offense. Yeah, a balanced offense. 31st (laughs) offense all the time. Like, just put playmakers on the damn field. Yep. I'm sorry. Devontae Parker is not a good wide receiver. He sucks. If you watch all his games, he sucks. Lamar Miller was not a good running back. He's very average. And I'm glad we let him go. And he sucked in Houston. And it didn't work out. And, no, that was one of the moves they made out right. You're right. And then uh, what's it called showed why. J.H.I. hit the ground running as soon as they played him. Yeah, J.H.I., he was good, but Adam Gase is an absolute pot-headed moron. <laughs> doesn't know how to coach. So, yeah, that one ruined it. Oh, they had a good Laramie combo. Laramie Tunsil. He you're was right. an awful tackle. Landry. Laramie Tunsil is an awful tackle, and I'm really glad they let him go. And he sucks over in Houston, and they gave us a first-round pick for him. Thank Multiple you. Multiple firsts. This yeah. draft was brought to you by the Laramie Tunzel trade. <laughs> he was terrible. He was terrible. Very average. And yeah. the only thing I'm upset is you let Jarvis Landry go. He's an actual football player. J.J., he was a good running back. Would have been fine. Nope. But 
We're going to take a really quick break, though, and then when we come back, we can continue this one just because we're running right up to the 30-minute mark. But we'll take a quick break. We come back, we can wrap, We can talk some more about what the Dolphins and their draft. Okay. And we're back. So didn't want to cut you short there because you're in the beginning of a roll for the Dolphins draft picks. And I think it ultimately, before we move on to if this helped us in the division, not compared to the other teams in the AFCs, because that's ultimately what you're trying to do. I think what this draft showed, because we're in three years of the Brian Flores, Chris Greer era, is they clearly, whether we as Dolphin fans like it or not, they do not value the running back position. I said center as well, because really they haven't invested a lot in a center either, whether it be draft or even Matt Skura, they signed it was like a one year, two and a half million deal. And before him, Ted Karras got a one year, four million deal. So they, they clearly don't value the center and the running back position. Um. Is there anything else you've noticed from the drafting tendencies of this Bobby that they pointed out, or is it basically the same as what I'm thinking? At least that's what I'm noticing. They like they really prioritize defensive backs and they prioritize offensive tackles, not even necessarily guards, but tackles. Mm, I would say I want to say like playmaking type linebackers or like outside linebackers. Like uh, like Van Noy. Van Noy was a very good outside linebacker, and they let him go, which I couldn't understand or fathom why. I mean, he was. I think they they make what makes me laugh is I agree. I see why they did because they said he was overpaid, but they're the ones that paid him. I get that. Then don't pay him that amount. Exactly, you paid him it. That's the thing. It was one year in. You got. I would understand if he got – because he did get hurt, but he played through it. I understand if he disappointed, quote-unquote, but let's be honest. We knew what we were getting with him. I don't think he disappointed. I think he played like he did in New England. It's just if you overpaid him, it's our own fault. I think he's just a solid player. Like, he's just – he's going to be there, and he's consistent the entire time. Like, he's going to make plays. And that's what I saw out of him. But he wasn't a playmaker. Like, I want an edge rusher like a Bud Dupree coming off the edge – where you light someone up, someone like that. And I think that's what they tried to get with Phillips. And Phillips could be that player. Now, Phillips, Maybe. I would say, is more of a defensive end. I would say he is the defensive end. And in a 3-4, it's a little hard. You don't see that much of an attacker on the inside. So that's the issue I have with it. Like, in a 3-4, yeah. I want big guys up front, like big – like you want bigger, almost D-tackle type. Like Raekwon Davis, who they took a year ago. Right. Yeah. And that's what you want as the inside. And then the outside rushers, you'd want someone like a Jason Taylor and Phillips. If they move Phillips to the outside linebacker spot, that would be smart because he's tall and he could be a good pass rusher. And I think he's athletic enough for that. But, like, that's my issue with it. And then I still don't feel like we have a playmaking middle linebacker. We traded for McKendry, but or Bernardrick McKinney. It's McKinney or McKendry. I'm probably butchering his last name from the Texans. But – I don't. I liked him a lot, but this was four years ago. I liked him a lot, so I don't know because I I don't know if he's thirty or if he's twenty nine. But he did come off a major injury, so So, it'd be. I mean, four years in. I mean, sure, you're off the pot, man. You gotta be good at that (laughs) point. I don't know. Time to develop is over. You need to be good. Well, this is a not for long league too. This is players don't get the time anymore. Really, I mean. Most players expect to hit the ground running. Some are given a long leash, like the tight end position is given a long leash because they sometimes need a year or two to develop. Same with corners, because corners are really hard to learn. Same with quarterbacks, but everyone else, like offensive line, running backs, um, 
receivers, you're expected to hit the ground running. I mean, but, you're in the NFL. At that point, you shouldn't have to sit and develop for years. You should be, like, progressing. Like, continue. I'm okay with you developing, but it has to be developing like in the right direction. Like every year you have to be getting better and better and better. If you're like, Oh, he's okay. Or like, he's just, he just needs longer to develop. No, you should be developed and you need to be getting polished and then you need to be getting NFL ready. That's it. Like you should be ready to go off the gate and then you should be continuing to get better as you're an NFL player. Like every year should be better. You shouldn't be stagnant or like, oh, this really hurt his development. No, you should be continuing to be better. I think this is the what, and this isn't to dig up old wounds, not this year's draft. Because, like I said, this year's draft, I overall like the players. I just, the priorities, they conflict with each other. Of one that's fit with the team, like you said, Ojolari would have been a better fit because he does play the outside linebacker role in Georgia. Right. But I, I'm so bit like, still, what, how much do you think? The uh, Noah Igbenogany pick last year bit us in the ass. We took him, for those who don't know, 26th. Well, no, we traded with the Packers, but still spent a first-round pick on corner Noah Igbenogany for Auburn. They said they took him as a developmental player, and I use that term loosely. He played one game against Buffalo, didn't look good, and they said it's okay, he's a rookie. And I'm butthurt personally about it because, one, we could have taken a, a guy by the name of Antoine Winfield, the safety, last year, so we wouldn't have had to take a safety this year, who was in the Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by the way. But in addition to that, I'm a little butthurt because I don't see him Bobby starting still because he's an outside corner, and we still have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. He well, ain't going to beat them out. That's my issue with that, too. You have money invested in Xavier Howard, and you have money invested in Byron Jones, like, He's clearly a nickel corner. Yep. That's it. So, I mean, I guess if you want him to sit for a couple of years like that, I mean, you can see it. But, I mean, I feel like that's a way – like, that's a waste of a first-round pick. First-round pick. Yeah. Some, if you're getting someone in the first round, you're looking to play him. That's the way I look at it. First and second round, you're looking to play. Third yep. round, you're looking at depth and probably development, which the, our tight end um, from Boston is going to be that type of player. So yep. he'll be like a third or second string tight end, and he's going to be developing. Fourth, fifth, if you want to take like three, two or two or three years on those guys, that's fine. Yep. But if you're a first round pick or a second round pick, you're looking to play. Yep. That's my opinion. Like you need to be ready to go. There's no getting them ready. They need to be ready to get in and there. And seventh round is just practice squad depth, in my opinion. Like it's if they make the team caught. great, like <laughs> they're probably going to be caught. It, whatever it is yeah. what it is i think you hit the nail on the head though because i think a fourth and fifth round pick some surprise you like solomon kenley the guard who started for us we got him in the fourth round last year most of the time like you said they're like you're willing to be patient with guys you take in the fourth and fifth like the player that comes to mind that we did this with was andrew van ginkle mm-hmm. he sat out a year he's a special teamer yep and he it's took fun. off this past year when uh what's his name was hurt uh yep. Van Noy, he stepped up admirably for him. It's probably the reason they think they could have moved probably out. Probably why they Van let him go, and I yeah. get that. But, like you said, they developed him for – if we would have taken Noah Igbenogany in the third or fourth round, I would have had no issue with it. None, zip, nada. Like, okay, you know, he struggled. But like you said, because we took him in the first round, and I was not pounding the table for running back at that point. It would have made sense back then too. But the fact that we passed on a safety, Antoine Winfield, whose dad was a pro bowler for the Vikings, mm-hmm. and – then we ended up like you know what I mean. We ended up chasing our tail because we didn't take a safety last year. Well, actually, we did. We took one in the third round, 
once uh, I forgot the kid's name, Brandon Jones, I think it was from Texas. He didn't see the field either, really. Mm-hmm. But like, but once again, third round, I don't care developmental, but it's like, because they passed on safety last year, they took it this year. And it's like, well, you're chasing your tail because all because of that Noah Igbenogany pick. Right. And it bit you in the ass. And that's why that's what Chris Greer's press conference bothers me of. If he's like, we don't reach. It's like, well, last year, Greer, you did the definition of reach. It took Austin Jackson 18th, which that was the definition of a reach. Right. a tackle because you missed out on the top three because you were too cheap to trade up, even though you had all those picks. And then the second round, like I said, you took no one, well, bottom of the first, you took no Benogany. I had no problem last year with the second round of Robert Hunt. I had no problem with that pick. I had no problem with Wake on Davis. Like, it's like you said, it's almost like they're just, they try to, it's almost like they get cocky. Like they think they're cute and then teams jump them. It's like, they think they're the only team playing chess. Right. It's like other teams know what you do. When you advertise your needs, people are going to jump you. Yeah, I agree. It's just so frustrating. And I agree with you. Hunter Long doesn't – I think there's other better players available. But do you think – I think Hunter Long can develop because, for the love of God, the one thing I watched when watching some of his clips, because I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch a lot of Boston College. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that he can block, unlike Gusecki. <laughs> So I'm like, at the very least, maybe he can replace Durham Smythe or Adam Shaheen. You know what I mean? If we won 12 personnel, maybe have him out there. Like, Yeah, that's true. They they could do that. But like you said, tight ends take a year to develop. Usually some fine if that's their logic is they're going to wait a year and let him kind of sit as a third round pick. That's not the end of the world. And like you said, I'm fine with the Eichenberg pick. Uh, not only because, like you said, of Notre Dame, I just like the lineman. He was projected to go at the bottom of the first, so they got him in the second, so that's good value. But it's just like you said, to me, it's the – I understand they needed a defensive end. I understand they needed this, but at some point they have to address the running back position. At some point they have to, whether they like it or not. And to be honest with you, Bobby, I don't know if you come down on this. I'm sorry. It it is a stain on Greer of can he evaluate talent that he keeps getting rid of players, number one, that he signs, and number two – if he continues to miss on this running back position, because like you said it yourself, I think the last three years since the Flores regime, we haven't had better than the 26th ranked rushing attack. The first year was like dead last year. Ryan, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the team in rushing for God's sakes right. year two last year. I think we had the 27th, I think it was 26 or 27th ranked rushing attack. Right. And yep. I think yards per carry were like 30th or something ridiculous. It's like, Jesus, guys. Like, if we have another year like that, you're putting a lot of strain on your young rookie quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I think this year was a year they should have just hit offense and just targeted that and just created offensive weapons because then you could have really evaluated Tua. Because yep. now you're back in the situation where you only gave him a one wide receiver. And yeah, you, and I agree with you. I think I'm almost of the mindset of do you just try to trade Devontae Parker for a bag of marbles right now? Because you have 12, they have like 12 receivers on their staff right now. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even trade him. He's not even worth trading. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they got to trade somebody, right? Because we're carrying 12 receivers into the I'm pretty training sure camp. This is Devontae Parker's last year on his contract. I know him and Preston Williams are both on hot ice because Preston Williams can't stay healthy either. They're both in the. They both can go. Like. Yep. <laughs> I'm of the like, mindset. The only of, one I like is Akeem Grant, just because he's a speedy little guy. Oh, but he can't catch. Him. That's my only beef. Can't, but that's it. So he might be on the way out too, though. Not because of Waddle per se, but they said Holland can return punts too. The safety yeah. we took. I mean, so they got Waddle and they have Fuller now. 
Yep. That's basically your wide receiver. So I'm okay with it. So I don't am know. I, am I crazy for thinking I'd rather see them keep Lynn Bowden, the one who took off last year at the end of the year for them, and keep Albert Wilson, who came back now because he hate, took off I a year for COVID? I hate all those receivers. They should get rid of them all. <laughs> they couldn't I don't like Hearns. Hearns can kick rocks. I don't like Hearns. But... Hearns sucks too. <laughs> But like you said, that's what they – you know what makes you sick, Bobby, is we, they're like top ten in salary for our receiving core. That's I what makes you I want know. to throw up. I know. It's gross. It's like we, we have like the top ten in spending on our receiving core. They overpay everybody. They I'm pretty sure they overpaid Brian Hartline, who I loved back in the day. But I think they gave they overpaid him a ton yeah. of money one time when they re-signed him. It was absurd. No, I agree. I think honestly, I think Perry and all them are goners. I think they'll keep Lynn Bowden. I think they'll ride out Parker, like you said. Williams will probably be on the roster because he's dirt cheap. He's still on his like undrafted free agent contract, and he's in his last year. Yeah, but I think a lot of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Hearns is gone. Even though I said Wilson, I like Wilson's probably gone because they did take Waddle. Waddle is Wilson. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna get. Right. They're gonna do that for the cap savings too. I can see Jakeem Grant being gone, even though Jakeem is fantastic in special teams. I think Jakeem could be gone, especially if they have Fuller and Waddle and the Holland who can also return punts. They have three guys who can return punts. Yep. So, and it, it's only because of cap savings too. If Jakeem was on his rookie deal, I think they would keep him. But I think once again, they're going to let him walk. Shaheen, they'll keep the tight end because he's a gunner. They need somebody to be a gunner on the team. So it'll be. Now, so when we get into the draft overall, like you said, I know you said you're staying by your C grade. For me, I, I, I was like an F after night two, but I raised myself up to a B because, like I said, I had my friends silence my phone. My wife shut the door and just, like, isolated me and let me vent it off. I drank a four loco that night, I think. I was, like, hitting the alcohol hard. I'm like, that's it. But I think they got good players. I don't think, besides Phillips, Waddle could bust, but I think at the very least he'll be a Devin Hester because he's so good in the return game. I think Eichenberg will be solid. Even Hunter Long, as much as we both make fun of the pick, I think Hunter Long will be okay. I don't think he's going to bust. Think be fine. I just, if you were going to get a tight end, why not get Pitts? Get the best one. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's like they, it's like they were hedging their bets with Tua because they wanted that extra first round pick instead of just taking the best player. This pick was a gift from God, in my opinion. Like you were the 18th ranked team, and you Houston sucks so bad, you got a top five pick. You right. should have just used it as a top five pick. Right. Especially with a the player there. I understand if it was just quarterbacks and nobody else, then absolutely trade out. I understand they see the value of the pick of Jalen. It's Jalen Waddle plus a first round pick. And like you said, but if they didn't take a tight end at all, I would have respected them more of saying, well, see, they, they like what they have. They have Shaheen. They have, even though Kaseki's on his last year, they have Shaheen. They have Durham Smythe. They have like no, next year's draft class is loaded at tight end. Yeah. Like they're like, eh. You know what I mean? Like, then I would have understood it. But the fact that they still said, yeah, we need to prioritize tight ends, I go, dear God, Miami. Right. But defensive end, we can all go up and down. But anyway, for this draft class, I gave, you gave it a C, I gave it a B. Like I said, I would have – and it's not just the running back position. You and I both named other players we would like. Kyle Pitts, for one. I named Kevin Jenkins. Like, there's other players. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just running back why we hated it. Right. But in – do you think this helped us close the gap with Buffalo? Because let's be honest, I don't think – even though the Jets got better, I said earlier in the podcast, like, I think the AFC East as a whole got better. I don't think the Jets are catching us. They're still in year one of their rebuild or year two now. Um, I think the Patriots 
unless the quarterback position takes off, yes, they got better as a whole, but their quarterback position still sucks. So I don't think they're catching us. Have we done enough to close the gap with Buffalo, you think, or no? I don't think so. Uh, I think Phillips would have to turn out to be a stud defensive lineman to put pressure on Allen. And I, I don't agree. think he's I don't think he's that. I don't see him as a JJ Watt or like I don't see him anyone at that caliber. I don't think he's like a Chase Young by any means. No. That Coming that defensive end prospect, by the way, is gonna come out next year, the kid from Oregon. He's supposed to be that prospect, but he didn't come out this year. So I don't no, I don't you need to put pressure on him and be able to get to him and I don't think we have that. So um because of that, you're looking at other ways of getting pressure. So you need, the only way to do that is to blitz. And if you blitz, then you need to make sure you're covering. If we can't cover, then we're screwed. So I think it's just one of those things where I think, and I agree with you, by the way, I think Buffalo still, and it's not me saying, oh, it's because Miami sucks. Buffalo is a really good football team. They almost, they were one win away from the Super Bowl. But I think Buffalo is going to score points regardless. Like you Buffalo said, unless you get running back away, in my opinion. Yes, they are. I agree. Because Josh Allen is their running back. And when he goes down, they're screwed. Yep. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when he goes down. Yeah, because you can't take that many hits. Just ask Ben Roethlisberger. Like, you just right. can't take, no matter how big you are, ask Cam Newton, ask all of them. Like, uh, and Allen improved so much this past year. We saw it develop how much Stefan Diggs helped him and how that offensive line has come together for them to give him more time to throw. But like you said, I'm agree. I think they, they were rumored to be in on Travis Etienne, but he got swiped by Jacksonville. The, the well, rumor was they were going to take him with their first round pick if he made it to them. I think they're hoping for Singletary to be that guy, but I think after last year it proves he's not. No, he's in their doghouse. They still got, what's his name, Zach Moss, who yeah. – is the thumper that maybe he takes off? Because he looked like he was injured last year. He looked like, I don't know, when I watched him, he looked like he was running in cement. Like, he just right. didn't have that burst. And I don't know if because he was injured or if he just isn't that fast or because he was good in college. But I wonder if it's just, you know. Yeah. They're scary, though. I agree with you. If they got a running back, if they would have got an ETN or a Harris, I would have probably cried. <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that is the missing really piece. Um, as far as the Jets, I think the Jets had a really good draft, to be honest with you. I agree. I think they did everything they needed to do to get better. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Zach Wilson. Obviously, you don't know what that's going to turn out to be. Um, but I like it. And I think they put all the pieces in place. They built around the offense. So, I mean, that was their goal. Yep. Um, that's why I think Miami lacked. They just didn't build around the offense the way they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's – my opinion there as far as the Patriots, they spent a little more in free agency, but I think they needed to to mm-hmm. bulk up. Um, Mac Jones yep. is their future. I think yep. he's very Garoppolo Brady-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to be a runner like Cam Newton. Like, Cam Newton's a filler. He's going to be there one more year and he's out. Yep. Um, but I don't think there's any like big-time weapons around him. No. They have so, two tight ends that are solid, but yeah, John New Smith and Hunter Henry, but the receiving core is still below average, I would say. Yeah, so I think they still need some players somewhere around there. So we'll see what happens with them. But I I would say Patriots, I think the Jets are still behind. I mm-hmm. would say the Patriots are close. Patriots and Dolphins are similar. Buffalo's still ahead. And I think that's a good analogy to do. I, I, I keep telling people, and I try to pay compliments to my Jets friend, even though it pains me to say this, I think they got a good GM. 
Joe Douglas. I think he knows what he's doing for the last two. Even last year, he had a pretty solid draft. Like, in because last year was his first year, he just got inherited Adam Gase. But I think I think he's a good GM, Joe Douglas. I think the Jets are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They got a good they coach get. too, and they got a lot of picks. They got two first next year too. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. they're kind of following our blueprint. They're just a year behind us in the rebuild. Right. And if Zach Wilson is that quarterback, watch out. Like, I, I think the AFC East is going to be very difficult over the in the within the next couple of years. I think they're going to be a very tough uh, division. I agree. Like all four defensive minded coaches too. Like yeah. that's good. All four teams are going to have a really good defense. Robert Sala, Bill Belichick, you know, Sean McDermott, and ours with Ryan Flores. Right. The only good thing is you're going to. I don't know. Josh Allen is on his is about to end his rookie deal, so he's about to bank, make bank. Oh yeah. So that might hurt them financially. So that could help down the stretch. No, I agree, and I'm hope like you said, and I try to tell people this, people who stood with us for our soapbox, of uh, we Bobby and I are hardcore Dolphin fans. We bitched about the running back position last year. And we ended up being right. And this year, it's the same type of situation. We're just we're we're fans of our team. At the end of the day, we're gonna cheer for them. It's not like we're, we'd rather be wrong and have our team win than be right, right? And have our team and have our team suck. Like it makes you even more aggravated when you're right on a player that sucks, because you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm sitting on my couch eating Cheetos, and this guy's getting paid ten million a year to evaluate players. He should see, you know what I mean, but. Mm-hmm. So, do you think this is the year? I know we said we're not enough to close the gap on Buffalo. With this being an extra game this season, do you think this is the year we make the playoffs? Um, honestly, I felt more confident in them last year. I got to look at the schedule too. I haven't had a chance. Yeah, that play. hasn't been. I haven't either. Honestly, I know we play the AFC or the NFC South. I mean, so Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta. I got to look at it, but uh, I don't know. Last year. Watching the schedule, I felt more confident in them. But I mean, we couldn't make the playoffs at ten and six, which is bull crap. Because that would have ended with an extra playoff seed. Any other year, that would have got, and that's usually a good enough record to get in. I know. I've seen it happen a lot. So I mean, ten and six, you still can't get in. I don't know. I, I feel like you're going to have to get eleven games in order to get in there. So. And the AFC as a whole is just getting better, especially the Colts. They're not going to get any worse. If Carson Wentz is even half as good at, like, a half a semblance of himself, he's better than <laughs> old man Rivers. Maybe. I think Carson Wentz is going to drag them down. I just don't think they realize it yet. He's very injury prone. I hope you're right. Believe I'm not me. A fan. I, I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz. I hope you're right. Believe me. Because <laughs> the Colts are going to be a rival of ours in a way. Same with I hope San Francisco sucks because we have their first round pick next year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. They. They did a good pick. I, I, I'm happy they didn't take Mac. Well, I'm happy for San Francisco fans they didn't take Mac Jones. Like, Trey Lance is raw, but that when you have a quarterback coach like that, you want to give them the tools. Think Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes. You want to give them a raw, toolsy guy and let them develop. And yep. they have Jimmy Garoppolo to hold the fort down. So they're, they're going to be a good team. I'm happy for 49er fans, but I'm disappointed because I wanted them to suck. So we would have a high pick. But Yeah, I agree with that. But who knows? Chris Greer would just trade out of it. Okay, that's me. The end of me being negative. I would just say you trade out of it anyway. But <laughs> it's like, oh my god. But no, I agree with you. I think we are a playoff team. I'm going to be more optimistic. It, it is going to be very satisfying if we beat Tom Brady because we do play Brady this year. True. Miami has been his kryptonite, but it does scare me. I think they said we play Buffalo twice in four weeks, which is just absolutely brutal. 
Yeah, it's not gonna be fun. No, <laughs> I'm already gonna consider those two losses. Uh, same here. Well, did you know a fun fact of the day before we get out of here that the Miami Dolphins Brian Flores is over a giant jelly donut against uh, Sean McDermott? Yeah, that sounds about right. We haven't beaten Buffalo since Adam freaking Gase, which is all you need to know. Oh, <laughs> that's the last time we beat the Buffalo Bills, and it was Josh Allen's rookie year, and it, it's and he still almost beat us. It's because he threw uh, Charles Clay a gift from God, dropped the ball in the end zone. Thank God. Right. He gifted Miami a win. Yep. But Charles Clay. No, oh, the gift another, that keeps giving. <laughs> another overpaid player. Oh my God! I remember telling my buddy that. They got our punter, though, who's inconsistently punting. And my buddy was like, I watched him play. I'm like, yeah, he sucked in Buffalo. And he, congrats, you get him for a whole year now. But punters are dime a dozen. I wouldn't worry oh, about it. Oh, absolutely. But matter of fact, I would just go for it every time, anyways. I don't hey, there's a stat. One day I, I was, uh, what's his name that said that? That said eventually you're going to have guys go for it. Already in the league, you see players go for it more on fourth down or coaches. It's in there. It's statistically, it doesn't matter. You just go well, for it every fourth down. You That's what I it. feel like every time our punter kicks it 20 yards instead of it's like, why didn't we just throw a Hail Mary? Just throw it right. deep if it's picked. There you go. Yeah. But it's the equivalent of a punt. I call it an Eli Manning holy hand grenade. Just <laughs> chuck it down there, chuck and duck. And if they pick it, okay. You know, that's why when the guys celebrate a pick that far, I'm like, you idiot. If you would have just dropped it, you would have better field position. Right. But... <laughs> yep. But that's the good coaching. But. Anyway, thanks for coming on, Bobby. Thanks for – this was a very therapeutic session for me because I've been ranting about the Dolphins and you know I want to listen to me rant is my wife and she could give two shits. She's actually a closet Jaguars fan, so she yeah. trolls me every time and says, how about them Jaguars? <laughs> so she got sunshine, but – I do hope that Tim Tebow makes the Jaguars team up. Oh, my God, I wanted to be like... – <laughs> Maybe we Dolphins... could sign him to be our running back. I love Tim Tebow, and <laughs> I wish he never got ran out of the NFL. Oh my God! For winning a playoff game too. That was the last yeah. we saw of him as a starter. Winning Rex a playoff Ryan game ruined his career. Well, yeah, he tried to use him as a fullback, but stupid. <laughs> but no, thanks everyone for tuning in too. This is Geeks Who Watch Football. You guys know, leave a like, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever the hell you're listening to this. You want to tweet hate mail at me? Don't tweet at Bobby because he doesn't need your shit. If you want to tweet at me, I'm at Mad Titan Ten Eighteen. Send your hate mail my way. I don't give a shit. And I don't have a tw- Twitter account, so you're lucky because it's a toxic place, man. <laughs> I stay off social but media as much as possible. I had Philly fans threatening to murder me when I gave them Kyle Pitts January's mock draft, and now they're all pissed they didn't get Kyle. That's Pitts. not I'm shocking. Like, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia <laughs> fans, I'm pretty sure, uh, booed Santa Claus. So. They did. Like I gave them yeah. Kyle Pitts. This was January's mock draft, right before, like right at the se- end of the season of like the playoff teams anyway and i mocked kyle pitts them because at the time they had the sixth overall pick and they all booed me and were like we were not taking a tight end he sucks and then sure enough now they wish they had kyle pitt i'm like jesus <laughs> christ philly fans no instead they got an undersized wide receiver well they got that and they got a quarterback who can't hit him anyway so right <laughs> can't hit water if he fell out of a boat so good luck with that accuracy so you got a <laughs> timing receiver with a quarterback who has a he needs a guy with a freaking kyle pitts wingspan right so good luck, Philly fans. I think they're still tanking low-key because they have three first-round picks, but that's just me. I think they're going to trade for a quarterback next year. But, it's possible. But, no, thanks again for coming on, Bobby. Thanks again to everyone. Thanks for having me. No problem. Like I said, we need to bring you on for fantasy football because that's going to be next in like a month or so. I'm going to do fantasy football drafts. Sweet. You're the guru for that one, so I'm definitely deferring to you because my ass, my team always does good in regular season and sucks eggs the last three weeks of the year. Defending champion this year. Oh, so we're definitely getting you on then. <laughs> yeah. 
So thanks again, everyone. And thanks again, Bobby, for coming on. All right, man. See ya.